Well, good morning, everyone. Glad you guys are here so that we can gather together, we can learn from God's Word. We're going to be jumping into the book of Psalms again. We'll be doing that a lot the rest of this month, of course. Uh, Psalm chapter 55 is where we're going to jump in first. We're not going to get there right away, but when we do get there, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 55. Now, over the uh, past week, so a couple weeks, we've been start doing a series called Anthem, and we've been learning about what it means to worship. We're going through some of the Psalms, we're trying to understand a little bit about what that looks like, and different types of prayer, different types of worship through the Psalms. And we're gonna be, we've been doing uh, the understanding of what does worship actually mean? What is worship? And we've learned that worship is from the inside out. Worship is from the inside out. We know this as we learn from, this is something new, this is a review section that I'm adding something to. You ready for this? This comes from the book of Amos chapter 5. God says, take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps, I will not listen. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like, uh, ever, like an ever-flowing stream. So Israel was not listening to God. They were sacrificing to God, trying to make everything all good. But they were not honoring God in their lives. They were doing things publicly, but they were not honoring him privately. Those go hand in hand. Hand in hand. What happens in front of people? needs to be what happens right at home, at work, in different places, wherever you go. And so we've learned that worship actually starts from the inside and works its way out. God is not interested in us just playing worship. He wants us to really, authentically, truly worship him, which means that we give him all of who we are. So far, we've learned that we worship with all of creation. We can do that because we are part of creation. We were created by the hands of God. God actually made us, uh, made man out of the dust, out of the dirt of the ground, thank you Lord, and then took a rib from Adam, created woman, because God said it is not good for a man to be alone, amen? And so here came woman to save the day, and so here we have this beautiful union together where we are creation. We also learned that we worship to remember what God has done. Dan, can you bring me down a little bit, bud? Thanks, man. I'm distracting myself. And so we worship to remember what God has done. It's important for us to worship God so that we can remember all that he has done. When we, when we take moments and we don't remember what he has done, then we just keep moving forward thinking that he hasn't done anything. That's why last week we uh, had a journal challenge to where you can actually start writing things down that you're praying for, thinking about what's going on so you can go back and you can say, wow. I can see how God has moved. I shared with you that I kept journals over the past couple of years, and uh, there's a season for me where I journal a lot or I don't. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Part of it was I was really into it, and so I got used to it. Then I got out of it, so I got used to not doing it. You with me? And so when I would go back and I would look over these different journals, I would say, thank you, God, I am not where I was. Thank you that I get to continue to grow as a follower of Christ. So we want to remember what God has done. We do that through worship. Well, today we're continuing the sermon title all month long, Here I Am to Worship. Say that with me. 
here I am to worship. When we show up, we declare, I am here, and my purpose for today is to worship. But it doesn't just happen on a Sunday morning. It happens when you wake up on Monday morning. You know those cases of Mondays. You can wake up, look in the mirror at God's beautiful creation, and you can say, here I am to worship. You can walk into that job you've been trying to get out of, and you can say, here I am to worship. You can walk into another uh, another session with a doctor, and you could say, here I am to worship. You can walk into another interview. You can walk into another hard case, and you can say, here I am to worship. Because as followers of Christ, that's all of it, all the time. Here I am to worship. The big idea for today is that we can worship even when it's difficult. We can worship even when it's difficult. Well, I don't feel like worshiping today. Yep, I get it. There's days I don't feel like it either. And if I listened to how I felt, I would never just do what I'm called to do, right? You don't feel like having to stop your day to fix something. You don't feel like fixing that leak or feel like doing something with the house. You don't feel like paying that bill. Who, who feels like paying bills? Come on. Listen. I don't feel like it. Yeah, but, if you, but you know this is what... This is the commitment, right? I committed to this, and I got to make it happen. So we can worship even when it is difficult. Let me ask you a question. To get us started here with today's uh, time of learning, uh, here's here's a question, very interesting, right? Has a song ever made you sad? That's enough to bum you out, right? You're just kind of like, it kind of soothes me, but yeah, it's kind of sad. These are the songs I prefer. Right, already, <laughs> already people are just kind of moving. Songs have the power to empower us. Songs have the ability to be able to help us in all kinds of seasons, right? Now, here's an interesting thought, is that the Psalms are songs. A lot of them are songs. And a lot of it is sad. And a lot of it is happy. A lot of it just expresses what's going on inside of you. The thing for today is that we're going to look at is we're going to look at this three-little word a little bit uh, sad. It's a big word though it's little, uh, because it can overwhelm you completely to the point of taking your focus away from everything else and you focus on what that actually means. Today we're going to learn a little bit about how we biblically handle that. Sometimes we disguise our sadness with anger. Sometimes we disguise it with anger, sarcasm, callousness. So let's think about this for just a moment. Let's take a little bit of a poll. When you're sad, who likes to jump to anger? All right, it's kind of, okay, maybe it was a misleading question. Who likes to do it? I don't know that anybody likes to go to, but who ends up going to anger? Raise your hand, right? So don't stay, these people are sad, don't be around them, they're mad. Okay, so who likes to go to sarcasm, right? Like we, we get sarcasm, and some people just get cold, man, right? This callousness, who just tries not to feel anything, 
right? It just happens. It's just, it's not something you even try to do necessarily, but we do disguise our sadness or the way that we feel through anger and sarcasm and callousness. This big word callousness is just a really, really big word that just means that you're just not trying to feel or that you're just, you're just cold. You're just cold to the situation altogether. We feel embarrassed by our sadness, as if feeling sad means that we're not strong or resilient. When we feel sad, we feel weak. Therefore, we feel embarrassed. We try to, we try to deal with it in different ways. We feel embarrassed about our sadness. We disguise our sadness. We get overwhelmed by our sadness. We get overwhelmed by it to such a point to where we're actually looking at it and we're going, I don't even know what to do about it. I don't even know where to go. I don't even know what the next step is. I heard that the next step on Sunday. I don't even know how to go after that next step. I'm so sad. I'm so down. I'm so depressed. I know that I'd imagine in a group even this size, there's a handful of people that have dealt with depression over their life. And you can't look at somebody who has experienced clinical depression and say, ah, snap out of it, right? Because that person who's feeling clinical depression wants to smack you. Don't tell me to get over it. How, you think I want to feel this way? <laughs> you think I want to go down this road? You think I want to stay here? And we have all these feelings and we get overwhelmed by it and we get embarrassed by it so we don't talk about it, so we keep it in and it could potentially go even worse. We ignore our sadness we ignore it. Listen, no matter how much Febreze you spray in your house, if you don't clean up the dog poop on the floor, it's still going to stink. It doesn't matter. You know this as well as I do. You don't just go, oh, that was a mess. I'll get it later. You get it then. And if you don't get it then, you need to start getting it then. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to learn the art of lamenting. We're going to learn this art of dealing with the source of it so that we can move forward in God's goodness and in his grace. Because all too often we focus and we stay in it, but we don't actually process it. Now before we begin the understanding of lamenting, we have to understand a concept that may be new to you, I don't know, it's uh, fairly newer to me, it's, it's called heart posture. Now when I say the word posture, I think we get the idea of that, right? So let's get a little example here. So let's say that we're going to sit, when somebody sits down and they're, they're, they're sitting upright, they're, they're attentive, they're ready to go, they're eager, um, they're ready, right? When you see somebody sit like this, you may not even question the fact that they're sitting like this. They're just sitting the way that they're sitting because it conveys I'm ready, it conveys I'm, I'm trying to be respectful, but then there'll be times where maybe you or me or somebody might even do a little like one of these things, right? Um... Somebody just got nervous, didn't you? You just got nervous. One, that I'm slouching on the stage, right? And two, I have my foot on the altar. And so y'all are freaking out. The focus, the point here is, is that there's a difference between the way you're viewing me even now and emotionally reacting to the way this looks to the way that this looks. This is a sign of respect. You felt it when you saw it. And then when I did this, then you're kind of like, you, you almost said, ooh, didn't you? 
you almost said, I don't want to see that. Um, and then sometimes people are just, you ever have, you ever notice, I'm not saying right or wrong, or I'm just saying, I'm just, there's just different postures. Um, I used to be, uh, try to be so confident in who I was that a chair wasn't good enough to be wherever somebody else put it. I always had to move it, so I had to control the situation. And oftentimes I'd do this. You ever try to sit on a chair backwards when it's got these poles in it? That's weird. And so I just kind of like, I'm going to, And people look, why are you sitting like that? I want to. <laughs> right? And so we have these different postures, the way that we hold. And our heart has postures. Our heart has postures and focuses. Our heart can be lazy. Our heart can be like, whatever, I don't care. Do whatever you want. Callous, cold. We can, we can actually get mad and, and harbor anger inside of our hearts and say, I'm going to get back at you. We can, all, we can often uh, have our heart be in the posture of sarcasm where we try to play it off as it's not that big of a deal, and, or maybe it's your fault, actually. But our heart posture is so important, and here's why. Because our heart posture determines the difference between lamenting and grumbling. Our heart posture, based on whether or not our heart is slouching, whatever, or whether or not we're standing up tall, whether or not our overall posture is ready to receive and to hear determines whether or not you're actually lamenting or whether or not you're grumbling. Now, does heart posture even, is it even in the Bible? Well, let's see what Psalm chapter 51 says, okay? I'm just going to read this to us today. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast, or some translations will say a right spirit within me. This steadfast word means firm, strong, ready to go. So it seems like heart posture matters to the Lord. You see, a surrendered heart tells God that you are releasing control to him. When you have to move the chair of your heart every time you go to sit down because it's not good enough where it was, and you got to, well, sometimes you'll get to, watch yourself. When you go to sit somewhere and there's a chair, you will find yourself just touching it because now it's in the proper position. You moved it an inch, but now it's in the proper position. How about we just rest in the fact that we're going to trust that where God has placed that situation, we're going to be still and know that he is God. God, I appreciate what you did. You did create the universe, totally got that, Watch that message as well, but I know me, and I know that I just prefer it to be this way. <laughs> what, a, what a dumb statement. God, you are so good at all the other stuff, but knowing what's best for me, I actually know best. And now I'm leaning on my own understanding rather than every word that comes from the mouth of God. Leave the chair in your heart where God has placed it and sit down. I feel like I was talking to one of my kids. <laughs> Sorry. They're all like, but, but I am sitting. <laughs> what do you mean? Leave it where it is and be seated. A heart of adoration acknowledges who God was, is, and will be. A faithful heart lets God know that you trust him to keep you. 
So these aren't things that he needs to know. This isn't things that we need to like, oh, God, God says, oh, thank you for telling me that. Now I, my heart is clear. That's not the point. The point is our heart to be clear towards him. He already knows it all. He doesn't actually need us, but he chooses us. There's a big difference. When we're not functioning from a godly heart posture, we are not functioning in direct alignment with God. So we need to ask ourselves, what is my heart posture toward God? Now, it's going to get harder the more I get into this message. Not because I'm going to take us for another hour, but because the content is going to sting. So if I could just preface it that now to say there's a possibility you may feel things in the next few minutes that you weren't expecting. And I want to ask you for your sake and your relationship with the Lord to not fight that, but let it be. You will find yourself arguing with yourself on why you shouldn't feel that way. You'll actually start turning it, whether you realize it or not, the sin nature within us will switch it to actually turn to blame me. He shouldn't be talking about that on a Sunday morning. I'm supposed to be here to get happy and then I can go home. And so notice those things and just be aware that we're going to turn away from blame and we're just going to receive what's going on inside of us as we move forward. So what is lament? Lament is a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. A passionate expression of grief or sorrow. Lament is facing our sadness instead of ignoring it. Lament is feeling our sadness instead of numbing it. So, so far, we need to face it, we need to feel it, and working through our sadness instead of just getting over it. You need to work through your sadness. We need to work through our sadness. Now, sometimes we make the big mistake of believing that we shouldn't feel certain emotions if we follow Jesus. Well, I asked Jesus in my heart, and so I believed that all that other stuff was going to go away. Last week, we felt some of these emotions as we had a beautiful moment at the end of service as we honored moms who have gone before us. I grossly underestimated the response to what we would feel in those moments. And we had multiple candles lit in, in memory of the moms that have gone before us. And, and people were just overwhelmed. When they allowed these feelings and emotions to flood them, it's possible, it's possible that some of those feelings and emotions were not dealt with. And it's okay. You need to keep processing. But here's the thing. You don't do it on your own. You do it with the Lord. Working through our sadness instead of just getting over it. Getting over it actually is trying to brush it underneath the rug. Feeling sadness, grief, frustration, or anger means that we don't just trust God and have enough faith, right? We actually are believing this. This is a false belief that our sadness and our grief and our frustration is actually like taking away from our faith. Now, I don't want to confuse us in this information, but I want us to understand that when you feel things, it's okay for you to feel things. It's not okay for you to be controlled by all those feelings, but it's absolutely okay for you to feel those things and we need to work through some of these together today following we, we often make the mistake believing that following jesus means that we should always be full of joy hope and peace you ever meet that person that is too happy 
somebody said to me, man, you're just too happy. And believe it or not, I said, okay, I'm going to have to reel that in a little bit. <laughs> because I found myself putting on something that wasn't authentic. Now, you know me. I'm overall a generally happy person. Uh, but to be so over the top, I'm very leery of those people. You know those people that come up to you and they say, glorious day, it's wonderful to see you. Glad, wonderful, awesome, fantastic, praise the Lord. You're like, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> Do you have a family member I could talk to or yes, somebody, can you get your boss? This isn't going to work for me. And so you just have all these things and there's just so overwhelming. Why? Because it, oftentimes we are trying to cover up for stuff. And so when you see those people that are just over the top all the time, it's possible that something is just going on there. It's possible. I'm not telling you to go to every person. There's something wrong with them. But to actually admit, like, even it, but for you, look in certain, is there something that you're trying to cover up for? Is there something going on inside of you that you're dealing with? The Bible tells us a very different story, though. Scripture is filled with stories of people whose lives were really, really difficult. We believe, especially in America today, that happiness is the key within our faith. That it's always about being good, being good and everything being fine and everything being okay. But there are people within scripture that never actually had it good. They never actually got that. They never actually had that the whole time they were honoring God in their life. It was a struggle, seemed like, to the very end. I mean, just read the story of Moses for crying out loud. Like, if you read through this time and time and time again that there was just struggle after struggle after struggle, and then he was promised, hey, you, you're, we're going to take you to the promised land, God says. And then because of their disobedience, God said, we're going to take a break. We're going to pause you in the desert. You're not even going to see the promised land. So imagine being in a play, oh, man, what's wrong with me? What's wrong? No, no, no. God gets to decide whatever God gets to decide, and our sin can actually limit our potential. Our sin can actually get to a place where God says, man... Because of your disobedience, this is the consequence of that. And so we have to deal with that. We have to process what is going on around us. And we see that through scripture. Psalms of lament are forms of protest, a way of process, uh, a way to process emotions and a place to voice confusion. Now I want to walk you through a lament, um, not to practice here yet, but we are going to at the end. I'm going to have a moment where we're going to pray together. But I want us to read one here. Psalm chapter 55 is one of many examples. It's a song in scripture that expresses pain over being betrayed by a trusted friend. Has anybody ever experienced that? Maybe you should raise your hand. Sorry. Has anybody ever experienced being betrayed by somebody who looked you in the eye? And said, oh no, we're good. We're family. We're like family. I'll never leave you. I'm always with you. I'm going to be with you to the very end. It's going to be all good. I got your back. And then something occurs and they're not there. Even worse, they tell stories about you that are flat out lies. Betrayal betrayal from a trusted friend so let's see what this looks like now again this is a song so there's a level of poetic feel to this so let's talk through this so we start off at psalm chapter 55 we're going to do verses one through eight it says listen i'm reading from the new living translation listen to my prayer O god 
Do not ignore my cry for help. Listen means pay attention. Now, before we go any further, you need to remove any sort of filters you have about how you think you're supposed to talk to God. Because oftentimes we're brought up with a level of, well, I just, I just can't do that to God. I can talk bad to my family, but I can't talk a certain way to God. And so here's, and it's not even that it's bad, it's, it's real. It's real. And so picture yourself for a moment. Let yourself feel whatever's going on here. Listen to my prayer, O oh God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble on me and angrily hunt me down. My heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me, and I can't stop shaking. Now, you know as well as I do, when we say things like, I'm, I fear that, it's almost, it comes across as, oh, you don't have faith. This is a real moment of real human interaction with God, real human emotions. We all feel it, and we all talk about it, we all share it, but we don't go to God with it. And so he continues, I'm going I'm to read again in verse 5, fear and trembling overwhelm me, and I can't stop shaking. Oh, that, uh, that I had wings like a dove, then I would fly away and rest. So if you l listen to what's being said here, people, if only you made me better, then I could deal with this differently and I could have the rest that I need. You're going, well, isn't that, isn't that questioning God? Isn't that? No, 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 we're talking about just where this person is right here in this moment sharing their feelings, sharing, and it's not just about the feelings, it's, it's expressing what's going on inside of you. We all have the chaos inside of us, male, female alike, we all have the chaos. This right here is just expressing it and expressing it to the one that can actually do something about it. So you've had the same conversation with a friend or a family member over and over and over and over and over again, you can't understand why it's not getting any better, talk to the wrong people. These people can't heal your heart. These people can't grow you. Now, God can use those people, but we need to start with our Heavenly Father. He says, I would fly away to the quiet of the wilderness. How quickly I would escape far from this wild storm of hatred. I don't know about you, but it, it seems like the psalmist here is rather upset. Did you sense any of that? Have you ever felt that way? Right, kids? Have you ever felt that whole, like, stomping moment and running off moment? And I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's not fair. Yeah, it's universal, man. It's not fair. I don't like it. If only I had wings and I could fly away. I wish this. I wish that. Our world is more connected than ever before in history, which means we're more connected to tragedies in our life than ever before. I wonder if there's some things we ever should have known. 
But because we have the world in our hand, we deal with every single tragedy the world deals with. Instead of this community dealing with it, this community dealing with it, this community dealing with it, and perhaps maybe even coming together and learning through however God should work it out and say, okay, so we're going to support this as well, and we work through that together. But instead, we go through Facebook, and we're all over the place. Oh, they're having a boy. Oh, man, they just lost their aunt. Oh, my gosh, they bought a new house. Oh, man, they crashed their car. Oh, my gosh, can you even feel that? Like, it's up and down, it's up and down, it's all over the place. Here, we're focusing on just one thing. What's going on inside of you? Let's deal with that before we try to invite all this other junk into our world. So because we live in such a broken world, we often see injustices like the, power, the powerful taking advantage of the vulnerable, tragedy hitting all people, physical and mental illness impacting loved ones. We see it in our broken world. It's all over us. We see it everywhere. We hear about it. We talk about it. Injustice and pain everywhere. Everywhere. And this psalm is a lament for unfairness, for injustice, for I don't understand. And why is this important? Because lamenting is actually uh, something that makes our worship honest. When you can throw these thoughts out, how you feel, we talk about it with our kids, like thank you for sharing how you feel. You may still not get what you want, but guess what? You're letting it out. You're sharing with us what's going on inside of you. And sometimes you don't know. So sometimes they'll say, I don't know. And so we try to walk them through that. We need to stop fighting through what's going on inside of us, stop fighting it, and just letting it out to the Lord, letting him deal with it. Sometimes we worship, though it's difficult. And here's an individual that knows a little bit about that. I was asked the question, when did you find it hard to worship and how were you able to worship in that difficulty? Worship to me is a choice to praise God in the storm. I have faced many challenges in life and during those times I clung to God. In 2019, I had the privilege to care for my parents. They have been married 63 years and raised my sister and I in a loving, faith-filled home. My father was diagnosed with leukemia and was told by the doctors that he would live only a couple days. But God had a different plan, and he was able to be at home under hospice care 11 months. During that time, God chose to bring my precious mom home to heaven first, and they both passed within 10 weeks apart. During that time, and even today, I'm choosing to worship God. In fact, when I sit still and worship Him, it brings me comfort and peace. There's an old, old hymn that says, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul rejoice. That's the key. When we completely trust and rest that the God we serve has us in the palm of His hand, that his love for us is so exuberant and beyond measure, and that in the difficult seasons, we can have joy. Psalm 119.50 says, Your word, your promise, 
It revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. God's word gives hope when we feel hopeless. I know for certain my loving parents that they are rejoicing as they live on into eternity. 1 Corinthians 15:22 says, death does not conquer those who die in Christ. When I'm worshiping God, my focus is on Him and not my situation. Being with God fills me with joy in His presence. That's about as basic and bottom line as it can get. A favorite quote of mine says, I can worship Him because He is. I can live today because He is. And I can get through tomorrow because He is. I can have joy. Thank you, Cindy, for sharing your story with us today what a blessing it is to be able to worship God though it is difficult David has another psalm he wrote a lot uh, that I'm going to share with you today psalm chapter 22 in the first couple of verses more honest questions more honest questions to the only one that can do anything about it more honest questions psalm chapter 22 Verses 1 through 2 say this, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some translations would say, why have you forsaken me? Sound familiar? Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Jesus cries out and he says, why have Hiding God's word in his heart. He repeats the psalmist, David, with an honest, real, worshipful question, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you, don't, you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. I know what you're going to say. So far still sounds like no different than grumbling. Sounds like the heart posture is pretty much the same. So what is so different between this and what I'm doing? Next week, we're going to fill that in. Next week, we're going to understand together, wait a second, it just sounded like grumbling, so how's the heart posture different? Well, today I just want us to focus on the first part of this so that we can get an understanding that it is okay. Jesus, the Son of God himself, said, Why have you forsaken me? David here says, Why are you so far away when I groan for help? You see, lamenting is what happens when we experience something so difficult that we allow ourselves to wonder, God, where are you? Why have you abandoned me? Why won't you help me? Do you even hear me? You ever wonder if God really sees you? We all, we all want to be seen. We all find great value through our love languages. Some people have the love language of words of affirmation. And so whether you're male, female, it doesn't matter. You say, hey, great job today. I'm so proud of you. This is wonderful. And so when we say those things, that fills us. I had an opportunity to experience that just yesterday. 
My friend Allie did that for me. And it was so interesting to me that I was running, I was running down Mogador Road and she was waiting for a ride uh, as she is one of the stellar people at McDonald's. And she's sitting out there and I decided uh, the Lord pulls all this stuff together for me at times. And I wish I would have a better understanding before I got up here uh, because then it wouldn't be so um, overwhelming at times. But he told me not to use my music when I'm running right now. And I was like, God, you don't understand what it's like to have to train and run <laughs> and go through this stuff. And, and he tell us, okay, I'm going to do that. So I got to I got run down. Somebody, I heard somebody yelling, hey, Pastor Gordo. And I turned around and I was like, hey, no, that's fun stuff. And then I ran down and Allie yelled and, and, I, and we chatted very, very briefly. I was on the sidewalk. She was on, on the picnic table. And, and I said, Allie, I'm so proud of you. You just keep going. She goes, I'm proud of you too. And I was like, yeah, and I'm running along, and I make it all the way down to like Meadow Ridge, I think it was, and I start running. I don't think it was quite that far. And I started thinking to myself, why did I say that? Why did I say that I'm proud of you? Did I mean it? Yeah, because it's not about what you do. It's about who created you. And you are created in the image of God. And so I want you to know that I'm proud of what God has created. And so we can empower people with those words. We can empower people through our words. But it's so difficult. It's so very, very difficult when we're lamenting to feel that. Lamenting happens when we experience these feelings. Psalm chapter 22 doesn't ignore or shy away from life's dark moments. Don't shy away from dark moments. If you're feeling whatever you're feeling, do it. Feel it. And then lament that to the Lord. The first part of our heart posture that we're talking about is being real. That's how your worship is honest. If you're not sure about saying something that's being sung here, then don't say it. Stand your ground in your faith and say, Lord, I'm not sure I'm ready to sing that. Have, have, has anybody ever done that? I can't even say that I make it a habit. I think I might have done it once or twice where I'm like, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. Be honest. Be real. Be present. Let your lamenting draw you closer to the situation. If you're in a storm, if you're in a storm, picture, I remember the story that Trevor and I were in, he was little, he was on my back on one of those carriers. He doesn't fit in that anymore, but he's on one of my own carrier. I may have held him, but there, there was a storm coming, and I remember this, and um, I think I remember it correctly. And, and, and so as I was running, the storm, like the wind picked up a little bit more, and it was getting a little bit darker. I don't even remember where we were, but I remember the moment how I felt. And as it got darker, what do parents do? Squeeze tighter. Not one time did I think, oh, I should set him down and I'm just going to take care of me. <laughs> Bro, I'll see you on the flip side. I'm out. <laughs> and so why do we do that with our Heavenly Father? Why would we try to push away? Well, we are children, and so we do push away trying to get there. But when in, in the heat of the battle, we should actually let him pull us in tighter. And in that moment of lamenting, we realize what it means. So let's practice this for a moment. First of all, 
It's not about saying all the right words. It's not about being polite or inoffensive to God. You think God can handle your junk? Sure he can. He can handle anything you got. It's not about impressing God with our faith. Dear Heavenly Father, I beseech thee moreover, therefore all I am with thee present. I wonder if God says, what'd you say? Try that again. Let's be real. So the question that we need to ask ourselves is this. What injustice, unfairness, bias, prejudice, what's going on in the world today that you would say, man, this causes me to express a passionate grief or sorrow. Many people in this time in, in life would say, man, this whole COVID experience, I mean, that's a good general one for sure. And that's hit to the core of many, many people. That could be it. Maybe there's something else as well. Maybe there's something else as well. For, uh, for me, it's really anything that has to do with our children. Anything. Could be anything. It could be confusion. It could be conversation of pro-life, divorce, death in general, racial tensions. For me, I look at God at times and I say, is this ever going to be done? Am I ever going to be over this? Am I ever going to be able to move on? Have you decided to show up yet? Because I've been here. I've done this. I've felt this. This week I sat right here on the corner of the pew. And I just said these words. I asked the dumb question, Lord, teach me to lament. And he said, come on, big boy, let's have a talk. And I asked these questions. Why do some succeed and others fail? Why do some that do not honor you get to where they want to be, but those who have been honoring you don't? Because I want to know, why are you so far away in my grief? Why are you so far away when I'm asking you questions? Are you afraid of confrontation? I want to know. I know what you're going to say. It just sounds like grumbling. Well, we're used to that. So I think we can handle this. This is just the first part of what we're going to learn with lament. Next week, we'll finish this. If you miss next week, you'll miss the whole thing. And so here we are. I'm going to give you two minutes. And I want you to pray and ask God, reveal to me an injustice in my life or in this world that I care about, that I'm not thinking about, or that you want me to care about. Some unfairness, some bias, what is it? Some pain, some hurt, some regret. 
pray to the Lord right now. about something, sad about something. Young people, I want you to tell God about it. Just ask God to reveal it. is just not there right now. Just continue the conversation with the Lord. It's okay. Here's what we're going to pray. We start off in our hearts with Father in heaven. And then I want you to think, I want you to say, I am, and then fill in the blank. What's that emotion that's going on inside of you? I am sad. I am angry. I am confused. I am not sure. I am whatever. I am. What is it? Share that with God. I am mad, let's say, about, and what are you mad about? What are you sad about? What are you hurt about? What are you worried about? What are you nervous about? You've got to tell them, I am, like, about, and then maybe these words are similar. Do not, I do not understand why this is happening. I ask and I ask and I ask. You do nothing about it. Where are you when I am mad, nervous, afraid? Do you see me? Do you hear me? Next week, we're going to learn the second portion of the prayer of lamenting. And here's what it sounds like. But I will worship the Lord my God. I will trust in your unfailing love. I will hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I will trust in you and lean not on my own understanding. In all your ways, I will honor you. You are the creator of all things. With creation, I worship you. Now look at me for a moment. Lamenting is simple. You let the questions out and then you follow it up with the reminder that you are still good. I choose to worship you. I choose to follow you. I wonder where you are, but I know you are good. I wonder if you hear me, but I know you hear all things. That, my friends, is the whole package of lamenting. Heart posture is humility. And next week, we're going to learn more about how we go from the questions and transition in to wrapping it up where it's all worship. Let's pray together.
Abba, Father. Thank you for your purpose that you have given me. Help me to live a life of complete surrender. Direct my focus that it is toward you and not my present circumstance. Align my heart with your will, God, so that it is a reflection of who you have called me to be. I bring into captive every thought that would suggest that I am anything less than who you say I am to the obedience of Christ. Anytime I am running contradictory to your perfect plan, your perfect will, convict me and I will surrender it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, our next steps we already accomplished here today. I encourage you to continue the reading in Psalms as it's given to you in our weekly email. You actually receive the passages of Scripture ahead of time so you can read. This is to be continued. Will you please stand now, receive the blessing of the Lord as you head out here today. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now go and be the church. <laughs>